Tonight on the Worldview Report, the man accused of murdering a Georgia nursing student entered the U.S. illegally in 2022 with his wife and five-year-old son, and he has a criminal record. The French government has deported a Muslim imam after he made disparaging comments about the country's flag. We'll show you what he said that got the French government so angry. Another major American city is reporting that squatters are taking over homes that do not belong to them. Trouble for Benjamin Netanyahu's government in Israel. Nikki Haley, she gets blown out in her home state's primary. Will she quit the race? New secret CDC figures on the killer COVID vaccine are out. And Colorado moves to ban gas-powered lawnmowers. All these stories and more as the Worldview Report begins right now. This is Worldview Report with host Brandon House. Whether it is news from the nation's capital or your state capital, from the classroom to the boardroom, from national security to national and local news that impacts you and your family, Worldview Report is your trusted source for vital and uncensored news. And now, here is Brandon House. Good evening and welcome to the Worldview Report. The illegal immigrant who is accused of killing University of Georgia nursing student Lakin Riley entered the U.S. in 2022 with his wife and five-year-old son. They were bused to New York City after entering the country illegally. Jose Antonio Ibra's wife, Leiling Franco, told the New York Post that they came to the U.S. from Venezuela and entered through El Paso, Texas. According to police, Ibra was arrested last August in Queens for driving with the five-year-old child on the back of a gas-powered moped without a helmet or restraints. He was reportedly working for delivery services. After the incident, he moved to Georgia to live with his brother, Diego, and he and his wife were separated. University of Georgia nursing student Lakeland Riley was killed in Georgia earlier this week. Franco told the Post that she found out about his arrest from her brother-in-law on Friday. Ibra's brother was arrested for drunk driving in September and was working as a dishwasher at UGA under a fake green card. Quote, we got married so we could join our asylum cases, end quote. That's what Franco said of their relationship. Quote, he was the person I thought I could see through. We've known each other our entire lives, end quote. Franco claimed that Ibra, quote, wasn't aggressive. None of that. We had problems as a couple, but our problems weren't physical. I have a lot of faith that this wasn't him, that there was a misunderstanding somewhere. But if he did, he has to pay for what he did, truly, end quote. Riley's body was found in a wooded area of the University of Georgia campus in Athens last Thursday. UGA police chief Jeffrey Clark said her murder appeared to be, quote, a crime of opportunity, end quote, adding, quote, he did not know her at all. I think this is a crime of opportunity where he saw an individual and bad things happened. The evidence is robust. It is supported by key input from the community, physical evidence and expert police work. Importantly, we were assisted by video footage from our campus security camera network, end quote. Ibra was booked into the Clark County Jail on Friday and charged with malice murder, 
felony murder, aggravated battery, and other criminal violations, including kidnapping. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on Saturday blasted the Biden regime's immigration policies in the aftermath of the nursing student's murder, demanding answers on how criminal aliens have been released into his state. Kemp wrote on the social media platform X, quote, Lake and Riley's tragic death struck the hearts of Georgians everywhere and has sparked national outrage. Joe Biden's failed policies have turned every state into a border state. And I'm demanding information from him so we can protect our people when the federal government won't, end quote. The French government has deported a Tunisian Muslim imam after he made disparaging comments about the country's flag. The imam was arrested after he was labeled a, quote, radical imam, end quote, by the French Interior Ministry. And now, after living in France for 38 years, he faced immediate deportation less than 12 hours after his arrest. That's according to a statement last Thursday from the French Interior Minister. The imam earlier was in administrative detention in the Paris region, with the exact location and deportation details unspecified. According to France and their media outlets, he was on a flight headed back to Tunis. That was on Thursday evening. The controversy stemmed from a social media post by the imam in which he referred to the French tricolor flag as, quote, satanic, end quote. That was reported by Reuters. The French interior ministry, in justifying the expulsion, accused the imam of promoting a, quote, literal, backward, intolerant, and violent conception of Islam, end quote, suggesting that such ideologies could potentially incite behaviors contrary to French values, and applauded France's immigration laws for his swift deportation. Now, here's the reality. Was the man really promoting backward, intolerant, and violent concepts of Islam? Or was he just promoting what is found in the Quran and the Hadiths? In other words, was he just promoting Islam? Hmm, I think that's the case. Turning to politics. When even the mainstream corporate media is down on your candidacy, then you know it's time to think about quitting, right? After Nikki Haley lost in her home state of South Carolina, the primary, and she lost it, by the way, by 20 points to Donald Trump, ABC News came out and admitted she has virtually no chance of winning the nomination. ABC wrote it this way, quote, Nikki Haley, a two-time governor, just had to win her home state in a one-on-one -on -one matchup that allowed independents and even Democrats to vote. World events and Trump himself seemed intent on making Haley's task easier, with the former UN ambassador able to tout herself as a rational voice of a new generation, even as Trump highlighted his own political and legal liabilities. But that dream scenario played out as a nightmare on Saturday for Haley and those who wanted her to win. She was crushed in the results of the South Carolina primary and the slim hopes of stopping Trump in his march to his party's nomination all but evaporated as a consequence of the loss and the brutal math that awaits Haley on Super Tuesday and beyond, end quote. Haley even lost by a two-to-one margin with women voters, women voters, there in her home state of South Carolina. Her somber congratulations to Trump late on Saturday while they were greeted with boos at her election watch party. 
She said her campaign would continue on, nonetheless, stating, quote, we need to beat Joe Biden in November. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden, end quote. Folks, do you think this woman is delusional? If Trump can't beat Biden, how is a candidate who relies on Democrats crossing over going to beat Biden or any other Democrat for that matter? Perhaps she's being told by her donors to stay in the race and wait for the possibility of Trump being indicted by a stacked D.C. jury. That's the only scenario that explains her staying in the race. Unless, of course, sadly, the deep state is planning something else for Donald Trump far worse than an indictment, and she needs to be there as a placeholder. Let's pray that's not the case. Things appear to be coming unglued politically for the Netanyahu government in Israel. Large anti-Netanyahu protests took place over the weekend in Tel Aviv, led by the families of hostages and victims of October 7th. The families have long demanded that the government get more serious about another hostage and prisoner exchange. They've accused the prime minister of intentionally thwarting a deal for the sake of prolonging the war and in turn, prolonging his hold on power. The scene grew violent Saturday as riot police on horseback charged demonstrators in a central Tel Aviv square. Police also used water cannons against the protesters. Watch this. Christine Lagarde, a French politician who has been president of the European Central Bank since 2019, has recently announced that the European Union is getting close to launching its new central bank digital currency. Lagarde, in classical political posturing, speaks out of both sides of her mouth. On the one side, she promises the new digital euro will be purely voluntary and that paper cash will always be an available option. On the other side, she says that she has no real control over the details of the new currency because that will be left up to the European legislators. Watch this report from CPA Lena Petrava. Stack. It has been a while since we talked about CBDCs. I plan on sharing an update at least once a week from now on, as I know many of us are very, very interested and very worried, very concerned, and rightfully so. It is becoming increasingly clear that the introduction of digital currencies is likely a question of when rather than if. Although the United States hasn't made any official announcements, the EU has. As you may recall, in the beginning of winter, the head of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, announced that the digital euro is on its way and she made her best effort to sell it to those who would have no choice but to accept it. Here's this notorious video in case you happen to miss it. Take a look. Digital euro is on the move. Yesterday, the governing council of the ECB approved the opening of the preparation phase. It will be a journey, and we will walk the journey together with the legislator. All European institutions will be involved 
to make sure that Europe is equipped with the currency of the future. Cash is here to stay. You will have all options, cash and digital cash. So what does it mean for you? For consumers, it would be free and easy to use everywhere in the euro area. All of that, of course, is subject to the legislative process. Cash or digital, the choice will be yours. You, euro, your choice. After this official announcement made by Lagarde, the EU Commissioner Breton clarified that now that the EU has the digital ID wallet, the next step would be digital currency to keep in that wallet. He said, now that we have a digital identity wallet, we have to put something in it. Here's the thing, for the central bank digital currencies to be implemented, customer assets that are currently held in banks, they have to be tokenized. It's the first step. It's not the ultimate goal. It's a tool to get you to accept this new reality. You may already be familiar with the concept of asset tokenization. I discussed it in my previous videos when Citibank and JP Morgan Chase launched digital token banking service that effectively allows them to convert their customers' assets into digital tokens. It's already happening. I also wrote an entire post on tokenization and the role of the Bank of International Settlements on my Substack. This, or the Bank of International Settlements, is the central bank for all central banks, effectively. The infrastructure for the implementation of these new digital products has been put in place by the Bank of International Settlements, or BIS for short. It is an entity that functions as a bank's bank. Its mission is, and I'm quoting from its charter, to support central banks' pursuit of monetary and financial stability through international cooperation and to act as a bank for central banks. Effectively, the BIS is the International Central Bank, a cross-border global structure, global entity that is governed by appointed officials, not elected by appointed officials, and it's managed to remain in the shadows since its establishment on January the 20th, 1930. The U.S. Federal Reserve is part of the system, so it has been around for almost 100 years. Petrova laid out the key to the coming digital system. They will tokenize your assets. Now, it may start out voluntarily, but at some point, <laughs> it's going to become mandatory because this is a system meant to replace the world's paper fiat currencies, all of which are being inflated to the point of worthlessness. At some point, they will engineer a switcheroo, offering you X amount of tokenized assets in return for your worthless paper dollars. I think you can count on that happening whether it's part of an incremental process or if it's done quickly in the midst of a financial crisis. The cashless society of the future, folks, it's going to be rolled out. You can take that to the bank. It's only a matter of when, not if. State agencies in Colorado will be banned from using certain gas-powered lawn equipment. That's coming up during the summer, according to a new rule adopted by the Colorado Air Quality Control Commission. Watch this. 
Well, Brandon would find the state will have the chance to change how it keeps public land tidy during the summer. The Air Quality Control Commission banning certain gas powered lawn equipment from June to August. State agencies can only use gas powered lawn mowers and other equipment if they have an engine of 25 horsepower or less. That's because a nonprofit recently found that gas powered lawn mowers, trimmers, leaf blowers, chainsaws and other equipment generated nearly 700 tons of harmful air pollution in the state in the last few years. This report says that's equal to the amount of pollution more than 7 million cars put out in a year. Today's vote is a good first step towards eliminating this unnecessary pollution that's harming our health and our quality of life. Uh, this ban does not impact you, though, but air quality leaders hope today's decision will motivate people to make the change to cleaner lawn equipment. On the basis of one study by a leftist nonprofit, they made this new rule banning gas-powered lawn equipment from being used by state agencies. Notice how that was reported so matter-of-factly, like it's no big deal. And the reporters, well, they didn't even seek out any experts holding the opposing point of view. So the viewer was left to only hear one side. They could not hear both sides and then make up their own mind. That used to be how journalism worked, by the way. That's how it was conducted. Now, they just read from a pre-written script after a bought and paid for nonprofit study came to a preordained conclusion that gas-powered machines are, well, making us all sick. They all say the same thing, and you're expected to believe it. That's called propaganda, not news. And that's why this news outlet right here is growing so quickly. And thank you for that. Slay News reports that a secret report from the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention has been unearthed that shows a staggering half of a million American children and young adults were killed by COVID shots in the first two years that they were administered. The CDC report has revealed that almost 500,000 Americans age between 0 and 44 years old died from the dangerous side effects of the COVID mRNA injections between the start of the public rollout of the shots in early 2021 and October 9th, 2022. However, the shocking revelations from the report, they have been completely ignored by the corporate mainstream media. The same outlets that told the public that the vaccines were, you remember it, right? The phrase, safe and effective? Well, compared to other countries, the US government has been slow to publish relevant and up-to-date data to allow the public to analyze the consequences of rolling out the COVID injections. Yet, the data has finally been made public by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OEC. The OEC, well, that's an intergovernmental organization with 38 member countries. It was founded in 1961 to stimulate economic progress and world trade. The organization hosts a wealth of U.S. government data on excess deaths. The data, it's available online for you to review. Figures provided by the OEC, by the CDC, well, they show excess deaths among children and young adults aged 0 to 44 across the U.S. by week in 2020 and 2021. The official figures reveal that there was a slight increase in excess deaths among children and young adults when the COVID pandemic hit in early 2020. That's here in the U.S. Yet, when the introduction of the COVID mRNA injections were introduced, well, one would have expected deaths to have fallen slightly among the age group in 2020, right? 
But instead, the opposite happened. Excess deaths among children and young adults skyrocketed every single week in 2021. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back from the break, and thank you again for joining us and for remembering that we are brought to you by you. And one way you can support us and this broadcast is by working with our major sponsor, WVW Foundation. The foundation exists for many reasons, but primarily to help people understand the times through the lens of a Christian worldview. The foundation is committed to putting out news and information, articles, books, research, conferences, to help people do just that. Understand the various worldviews that are vying for the hearts and minds of people around the world. And then to show the, well, the supremacy of the Christian worldview, the authenticity and veracity and accuracy and truthfulness of the Christian worldview. And the WVW Foundation is a major sponsor of this broadcast so that we can do what? Push it out for free. Not only push it out for free, but then turn around and post it at worldviewtube.com for free. You see, we could go off the air and then put it behind a paywall, but we don't. We go off the air and we put it online within a matter of hours for everybody to watch free of charge for 30 days. So if you appreciate that fact, somehow we have to cover the cost of producing this show. The bandwidth bill, the cost to stream it for free, <laughs> well, it's free to you, but not us. And that's where our foundation is there to help us. So if you appreciate that, please remember one of our major sponsors, wvwfoundation.com, wvwfoundation.com. Remember, our foundation also is the Sunday night church service that we host on Sunday nights right at worldviewtube.com at 8 p.m. Central Time. Last night, I finished up my series, Twisted Scripture, Twisted Theology, untwisting some of the most commonly distorted and twisted scriptures, often by pastors and religious leaders to do what? To manipulate you. Yeah, to manipulate you, among other things. And so if you'd like to watch that series, you can do so free of charge at worldviewtube.com. So thank you for remembering our foundation, wvwfoundation.com. Thank you. Well, now it's time for our nightly Worldview Report commentary. Multi-billionaire vaccine investor Bill Gates is once again sounding the alarm on the so-called next pandemic and what can be done ahead of time to prepare for it. Talks of another health crisis have been frequent and very public, such as the case with U.S. President Joe Biden reiterating for the third time recently that the world will be thrust into a, another pandemic. Bill Gates, of course, has been beating the propaganda drum, and that, of course, continues to this very day. In a recent interview with Al Jazeera, Gates stated, quote, there's some good innovation, the idea of improving the vaccines so that they block getting infections, making them so they last a long, long time. Being able to make very cheap diagnostics that you could literally produce billions of very quickly. So the innovation side, I think, is starting to move, but picking how we strengthen the WHO, create a special organization dedicated to pandemics. You know how we get every country to practice. So we need a little bit of preparation so that we can stop something before it goes global. So we'll have lots of outbreaks, but we need to have less pandemics, end quote. Gates believes in order to finance this so-called preparedness, quote, the finances should be handled by the rich countries, end quote. 
and should construct the, quote, worldwide surveillance, end quote. Gates says that two to three billion dollars annually will be sufficient to fund this preparedness. But here's the deal. If you look at the history, the pattern is for a major pandemic about once every 100 years or so. But now we're told another pandemic is right around the corner. And Joe Biden, well, he even opened a permanent office of pandemic response and preparedness just last year, placing it under the direction of a, well, wait for it, U.S. military general by the name of Mr. Paul Fredericks. So I think it's becoming clear and very obvious that these are not naturally occurring pandemics that Gates and the rest of these establishment globalist elites are asking us to expect. I think creating fear in the population does a lot to play into their advantage, particularly if your goal is to create an all-powerful global bureaucracy under the UN World Health Organization that just happens to be crafting right now the amendments for their global pandemic treaty, which should be coming in May of this year. So listen, do not be taken in by this fear-mongering. Yes, there will likely be more pandemics. There will likely be pathogens, and they will likely have been created in the U.S. and in Chinese biolabs and funded largely by your tax dollars. But folks, this is how the New World Order rolls. They've told us in their own words that, well, they seek a world that is populated by vastly fewer human beings. They're all about eugenics, depopulation. And yet, we're supposed to believe that these same eugenicists and these elites, I think like Bill Gates, well, when they tell us that they're out to save our lives through injecting us with new vaccines, that we're somehow supposed to trust them. And don't forget, these are the same elites who continuously push the envelope for more abortions, more euthanasia, more legalized drug use, more restrictions on farmers, and more wars. So I don't think they can have it both ways, do you? They're either for human life or they're against it. But they should not be telling us that they're for less human life on the planet and then claim to be wanting to save us from the next pandemic. So here's the truth. These folks, I believe, are causing these pandemics. And then they're offering the supposed solution, which is always an injection that causes more harm than the disease itself. Folks, create the crisis and then offer up the solution. Remember, many of these people have a background of eugenics. So be wide awake. Well, that does it for this edition of the Worldview Report. As always, thank you for watching and for supporting this broadcast. Another way you can support us and I think support your health is by going to melissahousebg.com. melissahousebg.com. This is where you'll find this elixir that I take twice a day. It has collagen. And yes, men, we need collagen for hair growth, our eyesight, flexibility of our joints and muscles and tendons. Collagen. Cat's Claw, which is a strong anti-inflammatory. I hear a lot of problems are from inflammation. And then Astraxanthin. This, Astra, this Astraxanthin got the 2022 Cognitive Award. It crosses the blood-brain barrier, gets into your gut, loaded with antioxidants to take on those free radicals. Now, look, you don't need to take my word for it. Yeah, I could give you my own personal testimony about what this has done for me since I've been taking it since December 2nd of last year. And I've done that. 
But what I find very impressive is the science and the nearly 80 clinical trials. And you can read about them at melissahousebg.com, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-H-O-W-S-E-B-G.com, melissahousebg.com. So why don't you do that? I think it's a great way to support your health and us. I always have to throw in that disclaimer. This product has not been approved or evaluated by the FDA. It's not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. Another way I think you can support us and get ready to support your health for whatever pandemic these guys have planned is to make sure you have your own emergency medical kit. This is the wellness company, Emergency Medical Kit. My buddy, Dr. James Thorpe and Dr. Peter McCullough. This is emergency medical kit. I have one for all of my family members. Comes with eight vital meds, ivermectin, amoxicillin, and other things. And stock them up, folks. One for every family member. Maybe a couple for every family member. What would we do if the power went down for a few de- few days or a few weeks or a few months? By the way, remember last week we reported on cyber hacking, hacking of pharmacies and people couldn't get their prescription drugs? Hmm. You might want to pay attention, folks, and get ready. And you know what? A few years ago, I wanted to stock away medicines. I didn't have an option. What are you going to do? Call up your doctor and say, I want uh, uh, prescriptions for for, uh, ivermectin and amoxicillin and all this stuff because I think a crisis is coming. They think you're crazy, right? You couldn't do it. But now, thanks to the wellness company, you can. You can go ahead and get this done right now. TWC.health forward slash Brandon. TWC.health forward slash Brandon. I do hope you'll take advantage of this opportunity before it's too late. TWC.health forward slash Brandon. All right. Thanks again for watching. Till next time at Brandon House, may God save America. Take care.